Hello, I'm Shell of Lionheart's Fitness. If you don't know about us by now, please check out our website, lionheartsfitness.com. Free fitness for all youth, particularly obstacle course racing. Right now, here is your podcast, I Am Spartan Podcast, with our favorite host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Do me a huge favor and go to monkeygrip.com and check out a couple of new products they have for 2024. They have the new cast iron cannonball grips, which is exactly what it sounds like, a cast iron cannonball, and they're on a strap, and they hook around a pull-up bar just like the original rope grips do, and you can take them off with ease and you can wrap them around some dumbbells and use them for farmer carries as well they also have a new callus care balm that you can put on those rough calluses to take care of them before they tear and as always they have the original rope grips the monkey fist grips and we could all use some liquid chalk so go and check out these new products and do me a huge favor and follow them on Instagram as well. On this episode, me and Brian Beal and Michael Robertson, we recap the Jacksonville race that was this past weekend. Um, we talk about a whole bunch of things, really, and um, we talk about the new wave system. We talk about the difficulties that people were having with the Z-Wall with the added ropes on the end of it. Um it was one of those things where you really had an advantage if you took the right side of the Z wall because you were coming into the corner and meeting the ropes as opposed to taking the left side of the wall and going around the corner and reaching for the ropes. So there was a really big advantage there. I just got finished watching the uh, live footage from the race that the OCR report did. And you could tell that a lot of people were caught off guard coming around the corner to the ropes and ended up failing it because of that. But most of the people that chose the right side actually didn't have a problem um, making it through the obstacle. But yeah, we talk about that. We talk about the venue um, compared to the old Jacksonville venue. We talk about how Brian's race did. He uh, placed first place in the super on Saturday, which is freaking awesome, especially since he failed two obstacles too. Um, this is like something I've, I'm thinking about doing every time maybe all three of us go to a race and we just kind of record our feelings about the race. And, you know, we talk about more stuff towards the end of this episode as well. Um, if you if you like this and want us to keep doing this, uh, let me know. Um, and also, I want to add that there's a lot of cussing in this episode. Um, you got three rednecks, so you just get what you get. Um, and there's no way in hell I sound more redneck than Brian Bill. I'm just saying that. But anyway, here's the episode Jacksonville recap. What is up? Got Brian Bill here and Michael Robertson. We're going to talk about how the Jacksonville race went this past weekend because there's nothing better to do. So the Jacksonville race was at a, a new old venue. It was there in 2018, but None of us went. Brian, did you go to this venue in 2018? Uh, nope. 2018, I went to Central Florida, but did not go to Jacksonville. Right. So none of us have been to this venue before. Me and Michael, we were at New Jersey for the Ultra that year. They had it here because it was the same weekend. 
Um, you know, the venue's a lot. It's literally like on the south side of Interstate 10, whereas WW is on the north side, and it's pretty much the same exit, I would think, or the next exit down. So it's kind of the same kind of area, but I would say this venue was, I'd say this venue was more, had more mud for sure. Yeah, um, I definitely think it, I think it was better than the other venue. I liked it more, I can tell you that. Yeah, and you guys opinion will be better on that oh look jimmy morris is jumping in he didn't even come to the race but he got the link so jimmy morris is here we can hear about him quitting home depot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're not using video jimmy because uh brian and michael are driving down the road we have jobs yes they have jobs and i'm off my job are you on mute, Jimmy? Did we heard his? Yeah, he's probably trying to figure out. Uh, yeah. Do you know how to work the Zoom, Jimmy? His pronouns. So yeah. Anyway, while Jimmy's trying to figure out how to work Zoom, but yeah, this venue to me was I like this venue better. It's it's a cattle ranch. It's kind of it. It felt a little more compacted, maybe. Uh, than WW because probably because it just didn't have that big pond and that open space you got to run around. But I, I know on the super around mile three to four, like it spread out pretty good. Like you were lapping back and forth across the field for, you know, that, that one mile for sure. But uh, to me, I just like the, you were running out in and out of little wooded sections here and there. And to me, that was, it just made it more interesting. The only thing I missed about this venue as, a, as opposed to the WW is just that big hill in the track, really. Oh, the barbed wire hill. I yeah, forgot I about that. I didn't yeah. miss it. Yeah, you didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gotten with you on that. Dude, yeah. I, man, that other Beyond. venue, that track just seems like it takes for – I mean, dude, it seems like it took forever – to do that last mile on that track. Like I was pretty excited not to have a dirt bike track at this venue that we had to run on anyway. Yeah. So I yeah, thought it was... I enjoyed this venue a lot better too. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was just, I, I liked, I liked it better. It was just a better venue. And I haven't been to WW the past two years. So it just seemed like, you knew exactly how that course was going to lay out. We went like the same direction. It seemed like almost every time we were there, but just the way this venue is, it reminded me a lot of kind of like Charlotte a little bit. So, you know, and Charlotte's always fun, even if you're going, if you kind of going on the same pattern anyway. So I just, it, to me, it was, this is just a better venue. Hands down. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I liked it too. So. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the mud part. Sucked, but if it wasn't muddy and didn't have those those swampy uh, areas, it was street boring fast course. I think they broke it up nicely. I liked the two carries back to back. Yeah. Uh, Oh, dude, that was because probably one of my favorite things I've seen in a carries, long time. Could catch the fastest. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was, and that was pretty cool is, you know, cause this, when you come out of the gate, you know, that first probably quarter mile, like promoted fast running. And then you hit just a kind of a water standing muddy section to slow you down. And then after that, I think what we did was like the hurdles and then you went around a couple of corners and then we were at, we were at the first bucket under the sandbag carry. And it, it wasn't a super long carry that, you know, I remember, but, and the bucket carry was right after it. Like, I mean, and when we say it wasn't like a half a mile away and you did it, you set down the sandbag and you ran probably what? 50 yards. I doubt it was 50 yards. It might've been more like 25 yards. And then, you know, you pick up the bucket and you had to, you did the bucket carry and the bucket carry was probably just as long as the sandbag carry. Yeah. 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 They were, they were fast, but you know, they had the muddy sections and you know, when we ran it, we did the, all of us did the, uh, Brian, did you do the sprint after the super on Saturday? No, no, just the super on Saturday. Brian. Okay, yeah, because when we did the sprint on Saturday, and we did the first uh, wave of the sprint, which was, I believe, at noon, I mean, that whole course was totally different than it was we ran in the morning. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just trashed. But, it, I mean, it flowed good. I mean, I don't remember. We got backed up at Z-Wall just because – you know, they added that extra panel on the Z wall or, you know, and call, of course called it the zigzag wall with the big ropes at the end of it. So there was a backup there for us. I remember that. And then like just on the A frame, but besides that, I mean, it flowed really well. Now on, yeah. oh, hold on, pause on that. Did they, so that rope panel, is that in addition to the old Z wall? Is it actually longer? Yes. Yes. I okay. So. See, I didn't know that because, I, yeah, I, I was on there this weekend, and normally, you know, that's where I make up time. Like, you know, not with the ropes. Obviously, the past two times I failed it, but I was on that damn Z wall, and I was like, man, this feels like a decent amount longer. I didn't know that was in addition to. I just thought they replaced one of the things. Oh, well, that explains a lot, then. <laughs> no, it, it was. It's absolutely uh, one more panel for sure. Um, and you, you said that you, you failed that. Did you fail it Saturday and Sunday, Brian? No, no, I failed it in West Virginia last year. And then I failed it Saturday cause I tried to go to the left again. And then, uh, Sunday, I only got held up for maybe five or 10 seconds. I mean, maybe tops cause all the ones on the right side were taken, but I knew for a fact I'm done going to the left. I can't, it ain't gonna work going to the left. So I just waited and you know, took my time on it, went to the right, and ended up doing the same thing you did in that video where you, uh, I think I took my left hand and held that second rope and just kind of leaped for it, and, you know, bail ain't that far of a stretch at that point. Right. Yeah, so you can totally hack this uh, this rope addition to the Z-Wall is you can get your, I move my left foot to the last block, which makes my right foot kind of just dangle there, and then I'll mm -hmm. grab that second rope, and then kind of push off of that wall and just, you know, pick your feet up real high and jump and you can, you can hit the bell from that second rope. And that way you don't have to sit there and fight the ropes. I really think, I mean, I like this addition to the Z wall, but 
just to to help the volunteers and to help make this obstacle more honest and keeping people from putting their feet in the coal cutout if they're going to continue to do this this obstacle they need to make that a solid sheet of plywood there that way it takes all of the you know all the doubt out of the cheating there and it actually would make the obstacle a little bit easier probably if you didn't want to try to jump you could you could bring your feet higher up on the board and kind of move like you across can almost, it. You can almost do it like Olympus. Right. You know, like, yeah, put your feet actually on it. But, you know, well, I don't know. Then they wouldn't be able to see through the wall, though, either. But I guess it wouldn't matter because there wouldn't be a way to cheat at that point. You know, right. Absolutely. I mean, you either hit the bell or you don't. Well, they still can't see through the wall at this point because they have the, the netting in it. I mean, you could always just That's true. leave the first, you know, 12 inches. So you can see the person's you know, neck and chin. If you don't see it more, you know, they fell down. But uh, that was a problem when we got there. You know, Mary and I just did the the open on the uh, on the super. And we did the first wave it open. So we were we ran it a little faster. So we caught the, you know, the ass end of the uh, the competitive waivers at the Z-Wall. And I was on the Z-Wall and, and the girl was about to do the rope portion so i went ahead and started and got right there beside her um, a couple panels back she was putting her foot on top of the cutout uh, so mary and i told her hey you're supposed to keep a little flat part and then the uh then of course she said oh i didn't i just put it right here and before she did we both watched her huh. then the volunteer <laughs> came around he said oh no you can put it on the edge but on the flat part Kind of like on the very edge, but not on the top. And I'm like, no, I don't think you can do that. That's not what they described it. But he swore up and down. You could put it on that, on just the very edge. I'm like, that makes no sense because you could just hang your, you know, your studs from your yeah. bottom of your shoes yeah. on it. And right. but so we we sat there for a couple of minutes just talking to him. I was showing him, look, if I start right here and do this, that's just gonna be doing it. That's not the purpose. And I don't think anybody knew the actual correct way. The volunteers did. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I say that I think if they're going to continue to do that, it's just it's too hard to tell if somebody's just using that corner of it or putting their foot flat on the cutout. That's just that's that's just too tough there. And I say just put a solid piece of wood there and be done with it. Yeah, because people people's going to abuse it. And I mean, don't get me wrong that. The elite wave did real well. Child wave was beside one person each time I done it. But you know, Sunday I seen four people. I think all do them at the same time, and everybody done it the right way. But you best believe in age group. I mean, hell, they told Tommy the same thing that you could. I'm like, at that point, you might as well start handing out first place medals because I mean, dude, they actually did a good job on making the obstacle harder, which is you know that's what we all want because right. I mean, dude, Z wall going to the right for me, it wasn't a challenge necessarily. But it was definitely harder than just zooming by in the left. I mean, it probably took me a good, I'd say, 10 seconds longer to really focus on going to my opposite side, making sure I had at least one rope decently in my hand, you know. It, so, yeah, actually, I, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best obstacle innovations, I guess you you could say, that they've had in a long time to make it a little bit harder anyway. Yeah, and since you failed it on Saturday, and because it does, since it's an extra panel added to the Z-Wall, 
and I think I'm somebody who goes through it fairly quickly, it still takes a lot of time, especially with that extra panel. How long did it take you to do the penalty loop? Do you think that that would have been one of those obstacles too, where it had been, you could tap and go and finish the penalty loop quicker? Honestly, if it was the original Z wall, or you're saying like it, like Saturday, if somebody was to tap Saturday, it, uh, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'd say for most people, they would have been better off going to the penalty loop, like right out to get. I mean, me and that dude ran it together. Uh, that uh, actually, we ran it together Saturday. And dude, I'm thinking it was God. It had to be a good fifth of a mile. It felt like it. Like it was, wow. you know, we was clipping pretty good. And trust me, I definitely was not trying to do that penalty loop Sunday, even though it probably. I'm thinking it probably took me a good solid 20 seconds Sunday to get through that obstacle the right way, you know. But I mean, like I said, I typically go through pretty fast. But yeah, man, if you're slower on Z wall, like if you're one of those people that really take your time and it's a 30, 40 second process of, you know doing the whole ordeal hell at that point i'd just save my freaking you know save the issue and just tap and roll right and so and what we're talking about here if you if if you if you still don't know exactly what we're talking about they had this version of z wall west virginia last year and what happened to brian on saturday is is if you take a on this in particular one now it could be different it you know different races but the way this one was set up is you went around a corner on you first, you got on the Z wall. If you pick the right side, you went around a corner and you went into a corner and then you went around another corner and then you was at the panel. Well, no, I said that wrong. You went around the corner into a corner and then it was a panel of the ropes. But if you went on the left side, it was, you go, you go around one corner or no, you go into a corner, then around the corner, and then the ropes are right there. So you're reaching around the corner to the rope, which makes it to where you either have to hang across those ropes and go across all three. But if you would have took the right side, you can use the advantage of the opposing wall to push off of it and jump and hit the bell. Yes, depending on which be... sides you went, it was either the, the panel, the rope panels, was either on the inside corner, which was easier, which you can push off the other part or an outside corner, which is 10 times harder because you're just free balling out there. Yeah. Right. I, was, I would be very curious to know, which I mean, everybody I talked to that got through it, went to the right. I just want to know of one person that has tried to go to the left on the outside, take that blind corner. I mean, cause in, dude, in West Virginia, you know, no, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know they was on there. And I, it was the same ordeal. I had one rope in each hand, and I knew, you know, that we we couldn't put our uh, things on there, you know. Yeah. And then, so I seen it coming this time. Still went to the left, thinking, "Oh, I'll just figure it out." Yeah, dude, I don't think there is no figuring out on that <laughs> left side. I think it's a get right or nothing. I would love to see somebody do it, but it ain't gonna be me. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where you—it's kind of like Olympus. You have to hold that rope and hold your core and bend your legs up at the same time and just keep your toes up against that wall, and you just got to move quick. But it's like you said, it's that would be super tough. But coming around that corner would be the trickiest part because that would be the part where you would have you know where you're dropping all your weight off of the block around it to 
kind of hold yourself up. And here's the thing too, you got to think about like, let's say the, this is early on and everybody gets there, but all the right side walls are taken up as soon as you get there. Like, you know, I'm all for trying the obstacle first, but I mean, if you're running competitively and there's not a lane open and you know, you're probably going to fail at going to the left side because you have to go around that corner to reach it. It'd be hard not to kind of tap and go in, in that scenario. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, dude, trust me, Sunday, I was thinking about it. Uh, Strobel was making, he made through those first two panels pretty quickly. You know, and I know I could get on that wall and not mess with him because I'm two panels away. So I just jumped on it while he was still on it. But yeah, I am, dude, I had, like I said, I had a rope in each hand Saturday. I had good dry ropes, you know, like I think I was second getting there. So, I mean, the ropes were perfectly dry and they was thick, soft ropes that you could grab. And even with them being one in each hand, you know, having, uh, you know, the ability to see what I was doing before I was about to do it. When I dropped, I tried to take my right hand, put it to the next rope and then move my left hand over. Dude, I could do a lot of pull-ups and I still wasn't even, I don't even think I was close to grabbing the third rope at that point, you know, with doing it the right way. Now, if right. you told me I could lean my freaking feet on there, I'd have zoomed right through it. But luckily the other guy, he was honest. He put his foot up on there and he was like, all right, penalty loops. So I went and jumped off and done it with him. Yeah. See, I just think there's just, there's too much gray area there on putting your feet in it. That's why I say they should just put a solid sheet of wood there and be done with it. That's just, yep. that's just keeps it easy. It keeps the volunteers for having to be like, uh, well, do they have their feet on top of it? Or is it just on the corner? That's just, there's just too much gray area there for me. Yep. So well, for those, go ahead. We lost Michael, Michael and Brian are driving down the road. So their signals sketchy during the super Brian, you kicked ass, you placed first place. And didn't you also, did, what'd you fail? Spear too? Uh, yeah, spear, spear and Z-Wall. Right. And like you said, you still, you still place first, man. That's pretty awesome, man. You must've been running fast as hell. I appreciate it. Well, I was, well, me and, uh, Dustin Needham failed spear together. And I think we was probably like, um, I don't know if we was second or third, maybe third and fourth. And I don't, I don't know who the first guy was, but. He went out at a pace that I couldn't even, I don't even think I could run that pace, much less run it and hold it, you know. So when we failed spear together, you know, I, I was like, I actually failed my spear first, even though he got his first. And, dude, he took off on that penalty loop, and I had nothing for him. Like, I was like, oh, I'm about to run this fast. He came blowing past me, and I just couldn't do nothing about it, you know. And he probably stayed 50 yards ahead of me for a long time. And we slowly but surely just, you know, once it kind of opened up after that rope climb, we just kind of picked people off here and there. But it, so, it was a fun race. So y'all weren't in the one-two position at Spear? No, dude. I'm. I want to say. Um, I'm pretty sure we was third and fourth. We may have been second and third. I'm not sure because we did that come in with a group pretty quick. But no, I think we was third and fourth, honestly. Right. And so, like, when you coming into the final gauntlet, you know, what was it? dunk wall and whatever and then you went around that circle and you come back into it was just a rig at that point right yeah rig and bar bar were you battling with somebody or was you pretty much in the motion um, for it no i was i think i i finally caught up with needham at twister and 
I remember him getting on. I seen him two rungs in. I went to the right side. I got past him. Uh, I didn't see him again after that. And, uh, you know, the area with the dinosaur bones, <laughs> that's, that's where I call, uh, I called Noel, but I didn't know what place he is in, you know, so I just passed him because he, you know, started slowing down through that mud a little bit. Dude, I didn't know if I was at fourth, fifth, third, you know, I had no idea. And then what we, we had a nice little gauntlet there for a minute. What was it? Vertical cargo, plate drag, uh, Atlas. Oh, that's right. Was, that's right. Yeah, that was um oh that's no never mind my bad it was it was z wall so me and that dude battled from uh we battled from z wall on and i didn't like i said i didn't know he was in first i thought i didn't know the guy in front of me who went out real hot he slipped off monkey bars in front of front of me i didn't know that was him but um yeah i ended up we ended up going back and forth all the way to i think atlas oh we had hercules too in there somewhere yeah and then uh, I passed him my Atlas. And after that, I kind of knew. I didn't know what we had left. I just remember dunk wall. I didn't even look at the barbed wire before the race. That probably would have helped me out a little bit. But I knew what the rig yeah. was. So I really only, after Atlas, it was just, you know, hold on for dear life and see if I can't win, you know. So did when you, pa when you passed the finish line, was there, like, somebody right on you? Um, uh, probably 45 seconds behind me i think like um i knew when i came out of the rig i was already like 10 i wasn't too far in the barbed wire but i heard somebody smack that bell and i knew that was second place right but i won't lie i, I think once i i was still feeling good when we was coming through them obstacles you know it was like every time i'd make up a little bit of ground on obstacles and I knew, I was like, and he was a fast runner, but I was like, okay, if I can get past him at Atlas, you know, which he went, you know, sometimes you go to the far Atlas fall as if I picked it up soon as I came to like the first or second one. Right. And when I dropped mine and ran past him, he was just now getting around that flag. So at that point, the race was one in my mind because I was still, honestly, I think at that point I started probably running a little harder and faster. So I was like, right. okay, if I could just do this. You know, hopefully he's gassed out by now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Is That's your first time getting a a podium in a super, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. First time anything besides an ultra. I mean, besides a trail race, which I don't count, you know. Right. That's cool, man. You you moving up, Brian. You moving up. I'm trying, Junior. Trying. Thank mm -hmm. you, sir. Have you been doing like, and I may ask you this last time you were on too, like, are you doing anything like, like following any kind of training plan or anything like that? Or you're just going out and just running when you're running, right? Uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just going out. <laughs> no, normally, I mean, dude, I've honestly just been doing like, if I got time for 10 miles and, you know, if I got time for an extra five miles, just go ahead and do 15. You know, I've been doing that a whole lot. And uh, I heard on a podcast the other day, I've never heard the Phil Maffetone training breakdown. Like I've never, you know, it's like heart rate training, right? Right. I've never, ever heard anybody break that down. But honestly, from what it sounds like I'm doing is I'm spending a shit ton of time in zone two and very, very little in, in like zone four actually doing tempo work. Dude, I, and I think, 
from what I understood, I guess my aerobic base is getting so good that when I drop down into the 630s that it doesn't feel absolutely terrible because I'm so used to running, you know, nines and tens with 250 feet a mile that when I'm on flat ground running 630s, it's like, oh, hell, this ain't too bad. Like, it's it's a comfortable pain, you know. So just been trying to put in time on feet, you know, try to get 10 to 11 hours every week, which, you know, is hard. Most of the weeks I come up shy about nine or 10, but. Right. So we started this race off with this new competitive wave. And, um, you know, I talked to a couple of people that were at the venue that have already experienced this new competitive wave. And it sounds like that they haven't been doing it the exactly the same way at different races. So what happened at Jacksonville was, is the pace group one started first and then 15 minutes later, two and three went out together and I assume four and five went out 15 minutes after two and three. And I assume they let two and three go together because it wasn't a massive wave. So I'm assuming that they're looking at participants and they're saying, well, we can run these two groups out together because it's a small enough wave. I ran in group two and uh, between all of us in there, there may have been may have been a hundred of us, if I'm guessing, and that's group two and group three. How many do you think was in group uh one, Brian? Uh fifty, maybe. Fifty. Maybe, yeah. I mean, in group two for me, we went out because I think it said when you signed up for this race. You know, now if you sign up for the competitive wave, it gives you a chart and it says, you know, what pace group do you want to start for? So if you're for pace group one, the time is 32 minutes for a sprint, 55 minutes for a super, two hours and 30 minutes for a beast. Now I can qualify for those times, you know, for the sprint and the beast, but I've never run a super in 55 minutes. I think like Mm -hmm. the best I've done may be like 58 minutes, but you know, I've run a sprint in 32 minutes and I've run a beast in under two hours and 30 minutes. So I chose, uh, pace group two, which is one Oh five for a super. And I mean, I honestly, and I think it was fine. Because I'll come running out and there was probably 10 or 15 of us that took off and I was probably 10 back, you know, within, you know, for until we got to the carries more or less. And then there was some that, you know, took off. I never saw again. And, um, but I mean, I was out there running. I didn't have any traffic hardly. And so two worked fine for me. Now, granted, you have to run as fast as you can if you're wanting to do well because you're running on chip time. It's not gun time. So that means somebody could jump in pace group five and win the whole thing and get first place of the day. So, but I think next time, because there was, I was catching people that were in group one. I mean, and it was obvious that they shouldn't have been in group one. I was catching people in group one within the first two miles and they had a 15 minute head start. So, you know, you sign up for these pace groups and honor system. 
you know, you're supposed to pick the best, but, and there was a statement on there. It says, if you constantly pick the wrong pace group that they're going to, you. <laughs> yeah, that they, they will move you. And if you still do it, that they will ban you from running competitive. Will Spartan ever do that? I doubt it, but you know, so I think when we go to Atlanta, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to sign up for pace group one for the beast because I can do that. But it also says, do you think if you anticipate being in the top 10, which I don't, even though I can run a beast in under two and a half hours, I don't anticipate being top 10, but still, I mean, I'm going to sign up for it because, you know, I can do it in two thirty. And I just want to, I mean, and everybody else, it seemed like everybody that I usually run with and battle with, they were all in pace group one at this race. And I was in pace group two, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And which is, uh, and you know, that's a hard call to make too. Cause honestly, you know, if you was in pace group one and you was battling those same guys, it's kind of like the, you get sucked into it, whether you want to or not. Next thing you know, you're running a lot faster and it just pushes you further and further in that race, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, de I, de I definitely think you should be in pace group one in Atlanta. And, and here's, and here's the thing too, like, we didn't even, because I ran two penalty loops because I failed Olympus in the spear. And my distance was only 6.07. I run this race in an hour, but I don't think there was, was like maybe five people total that ran a short super in under 55 minutes. So you that's why. You did two penalty loops at 6.07? Yes, that's what my distance I did. was. I did two penalty loops now, 6.06. So, yeah, I think that's a little short on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, because uh, everybody that ran clean, they had under six miles for, for distance. And, and, it, and it's like you said, that's why the super requirement to me is the hardest time. You know, running a 55-minute super, that's the hardest one out of all of the, you know, classifications yeah, I mean, right. they got it, you know. But, but like you said, it's since it's chip time, it doesn't really matter, you know. No, so absolutely people, not. So people listening don't need to stress about, well, do I do two or three or four? It doesn't matter. It Just doesn't get matter. in a pace group and run your race, uh, and you're you're still going to be competing against everybody. Right. But yeah, they don't need to overstress about which groups but get in there and run. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it was like they did, you know, if it turns out it's not going to be a big competitive wave, they they sandwiched two and three together. So it's, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't. Um, I think it went well. But, you know, and I was talking to other people, they said that like at another race, they started off about 30 people. Then two minutes later, they let another 30 people go out. And then two minutes later, they let another 30 people that go was, out. That was my understanding of how it was going to be. Me too. So, but I think I kind of like this a little better because if they would have done that, I feel like there may have been too more traffic. too much traffic and there may have been a chance of running out of sandbags or buckets with those carries being a mile. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. It didn't look yeah, like it was, they had that problem. though. It was almost, I mean, honestly, it was an almost perfect system. You know, I don't, I've heard some people say we get like actual armbands and I heard some people say they ran out of armbands, but like, I mean, you know, Shane Terry came out from Colorado and dude, he's well fast enough to be in that first heat. Like I was actually really looking forward to battling him after he beat my ass in that West Virginia trail race. Right. And, uh, 
you know, and they was like, oh, they didn't get shipped, and they made him run in pace group too. So he just, I think, I'm pretty sure he told me he let off the throttle. He didn't have anybody pace with, you know, which granted, you you still could have placed, but it's like at that point, it's like uh, I'll just take it easy till tomorrow. Is my understanding of what he did. But I hate that that system bit him in the ass because it's like he needed to be damn, you know, in that first group and somebody, you know, of course a volunteer didn't know. And especially, you know, on somebody like that, you know, hell, you look at the guy and you can tell he could run top 10, just let him in that damn heat and let's go, you know. Yeah, I mean. They could have easily let him do that. It's it's aggravating that somebody got gypped out of a good race because of that. Absolutely. And I wonder if he would have tried to just sneak in because I don't even remember him checking my band to see That's what pace group I was in. I, oh, dude, I, they checked mine both days. I did mean, they? to the freaking, yes. That part, yeah. That, even, yeah, on Saturday, they didn't make it. It was a PG1 or whatever it was. I was like, damn, I didn't expect him to be paying attention that much. Hmm. But you could have walked to that start line and scooted in and be like, hey, I'm up here now. You know, I would have. <laughs> but I wonder if, like, when you check in and you pick up your race packet, do they have you set for that pace group? So if you start in the wrong pace group, are you going to get – is your race going to count? Are you going to get penalized? I wonder if there's something there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. think so. I'm not really sure. I, I wouldn't think, think so either because I was like, it's still, it's still the same. Because, I mean, say if you signed up for two and ended up running in four – I think that time's still going to be just as just like you ran him too, you know. Yeah, because it's it's just like you said, they push that button and it resets, you know, everybody before they cross the start line, you know, on the timer. Right. But uh, the one thing, the one thing about it is though, is I think it does elevate the age group podiums onto a higher level. Absolutely. Like, it, you know, and I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, obviously, if you ran age group prior and you podium, still badass no matter what. But I think now, when you run age group, I think it's, yeah, you, you're probably still racing the same group that you was already racing. But the fact that you're having to rub shoulders with people of different groups, I think that age group podium is going to be harder to get, I think, across the free, I mean, I, honestly, across the board, probably. Oh, absolutely. Know, which makes it more interesting for racing capabilities because... You just get to see more battles and battles with different people. Yeah, especially for, too. like, the 20s and the 30s. Well, mm-hmm. especially that I think it. I like the format, too, because, for example, if you've got uh, 10 pros in there, you know, they're all fast. Then, uh, like it used to be, is only elite. Just got three, another seven went home. Uh, but the age group also would always compare themselves to the elites. It's like, hey, yep. everybody run competitive now. Top three or top three, everybody else follows the age group. Let the chips fall where they may. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. Quote, quote, unquote, elite or not. You know, I, I like the format a lot better. And I agree with Brian. It's, I think it's going to be definitely harder to place in those age groups. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's competition. Makes you, you know, makes you work a lot. It's called harder, training you know? more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree. It's they should. I feel like they should have done this to the beginning, but I think you know when they made this choice to do this, you had those people that were still signing up to just finish their race early, and they used to always talk about on the live feed. You know, you'd have these people that were out there running slow, and then here come Lindsay and Nicole passing them within the first half mile. You know, so I think that's one of the reasons why they did this, and then over the years of age group, they saw this massive shift where everybody came to age group and your elite field would be 
you know, five, 10, ten people. people. Yeah. And it made the elite race just not look like, you know, a big deal because there wasn't a lot of people there. And now we're back to the way it looked like in 2017, you know, when a, a full wave of, of competitive runners and it's, I just think it's better. And there's, you don't have this division anymore. You you've got just one competitive wave and I just think it's a lot better. Yeah. Well, and you'll have, you don't have the people thinking, Hey, I'm quote unquote elite. He's or, um, right. Nobody gets paid. I get paid. So. Well, and also, you know, elite runner, but, <laughs> I've been, you know, I've finished, let's say, I mean, uh, Scott, hell, you, well, both of y'all, say if you finish, you know, I've finished, I know first in age group, you know, let's say if, if, even if it's on a day where you run triple ones, it didn't feel as good when you look at the elites and let's say, you know, no, granted, sometimes our top age group times would be comparable to the elites, but if fourth, fifth, and sixth place are all my age groups, uh, yeah, I really only won age group because I got lucky and three of those guys decided to run elite. That's not the same right. feeling as it is now. Now it's no, you, <laughs> you, if you placed on that age group podium, that's, that's just how it works. It's just a, it's a, that much harder to get. You didn't get lucky because somebody decided to run elite. You actually, you know, I think it's now it's even more earned, which is, I think it's a good step in the right direction for sure. Right. Absolutely. My age group sucks because now freaking Cole drops back, you know? So. <laughs> Well, he didn't run all. Yeah, you're just screwed on that. Podium anyway. But he don't do ultras, though, so we're good. Yep. <laughs> that's where you. That's where you're you dominate. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. honestly, I think it's great for Cole. I mean, the bad thing was is Cole had to make a decision on Saturday's exactly. race whether he wanted to be in the age group series or he wanted to be in the pro series. And I saw he decided to stay in the age group series, which I don't blame him. I would have too. And I got a lot of questions about before this weekend about, you know, how this all works, because when you signed up it for the pro wave, you had, they were talking about like qualifications and qualifications. And I was like, well, this is the, the difference between, you know, this is the start of the national series. You're either age group or you're either the pro championship heat, I think is what they're calling it. And so in order to qualify for that, you have to place in the top three or in, in 2024, you have to place in the top three to qualify for that, or you had to be, what was it? A top 15, top 15. elite finish mm -hmm. in 2023, which that was very <laughs> easy to do in 2023. But that's the whole damn heat. <laughs> yeah, right. But now here in 2024 to get top three, that's extremely difficult. So, and it's like you said, for people who miss Jacksonville, they still have to go and they haven't done this yet. Like if they didn't run an elite race all last year, like they still have to go run a race somewhere else to qualify to run in the next pro race. And you're already going to be out of points because if you don't run all three uh, races, you'll be slack of points anyway. 
I didn't think about that. I was thinking about people had to run top 20 to get to Seattle, but yeah, they got to run a race just to get into to quality, to get into the pro race or the pro heat itself. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, huh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's pretty. That part is just don't really make no sense. But dude, let's be honest. How many people are chasing that pro championship? Because it ain't a lot. I can tell you that. I yeah. I know I, none of the top five that I know of Sunday. He'll probably top 10 or even going for that pro championship. I wouldn't think. Well, I would say probably some of the females maybe because I saw that Casey Monroe and Ashley Heller, they flew over to race. Yeah. I mean, they probably are, but I don't think any of the men dude. I mean, a lot of them guys, they, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think any of the top 10 are going to all three of those races for four. Because they were, they were in uh, they were in Saudi Arabia, wherever the hell it was. Yeah, Alula. Yeah. yeah that, you know, who wants to pay? Don't get me wrong. I think it'd be super cool to go to all three of them and actually see where I stack up against the big boys versus, you know, local guys, which are still fast, but, you know, not of the same level as Ryan Atkins and all them. But that's a lot of travel for a, what is it, a $2,500 pot at the end or 5000 it, right. it ain't a lot, I can tell you that. I think it's 5000 right? Or did they change it? I think it so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I can see that. if I lived out west and coming over here once, that'd be a little different, you know. But going over there twice for that, hell, if I'm flying that far, I'm running 100 miles or nothing, you know. Right. I thought I had that here. Maybe I don't. No, I don't. So, do y'all think all them people is going to show up in Seattle and race? No. All the old, like all the top people. So, I don't. I, but I think a decent amount, but not a lot. I don't think every one of them. I think you probably have a better chance of more people doing all three races to try to point up and get the series because let's just say you did Jacksonville. If you go and do the next race, you can go down the line and look at the names of the people that were in there. And if you hit all three races, I mean, and nobody else has, you know, you've got a good chance of pointing up. I wonder if, uh, is it those three races combined wins the points, or is Seattle included in that? No, Seattle, Seattle's a, Seattle's a championship race. It's standalone. Well, hell, in that case, I might need to fly out to Big Bear and at least freaking get some points. I mean, I don't yeah. think I would do it because I don't think there's no chance of me winning it, but no matter how good I feel, you know. But Yeah, because you placed fifth, right? Yeah. What was that yeah, worth you- points? What was that? What? How many points did you get for placing that? I wonder. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't even seen a point system yet this year, honestly. I want to say it counts no down from. I want to say it counts down from one hundred, but I can't remember for sure. So, what race is the big bear race? Is that a, is that a beast? Super, Super, I think. And then Utah, I'm pretty sure it's is a beast. Beast, right? Dude, you do a lot better on longer distances with uh, elevation. You can fucking smoke them out there, man. Yeah, but those races are at elevation too, which Brian's not accustomed to. Fucking Brian's in his twenties. He they got them monster little daddies. <laughs> Where the hell he eats? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, we we could we could adjust if you drink enough monster, you can adjust about anything you want. I can tell you that. Get him some honey buns, fly Sheila out there, let him cut up his chicken fingers for him, and then yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think Big Bear would be a problem. I think Big Bear's. I, I've never ran it, but for them, what I heard, it's straight up, straight down. I think I could, I could probably handle it for a super. Now that Utah beast, though, that one year, son, I thought I was a mountain runner until I started it. God, however high that ski resort is, I couldn't breathe within about fucking twenty seconds. I had cotton mouth so bad. See there, that's elevation. But, I, but I'm but telling that, you what, I would love to go retry that race because, dude, that was my worst. I think that was my worst age group race ever. I came in like tenth. Hell, I helped a guy up like a hundred yards from the finish line who was in my age group because I was just like, fuck it. I was like, I just get my ass kicked this race. Hell, I helped him up. He was in my age group and I let him beat me. I was like, fuck this race, man. I was having a bad day. <laughs> so I, I would like a retry on that one. You know, I just don't want to pay to go out there and do it. Right. So didn't you, y'all both ran the trail race because I wasn't there on Sunday. What was the trail race like in Jacksonville? Uh, basically a Boston qualifier. Is it Michael? Because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. fucking, exactly. it was a road race. I can tell you that. Oh, it was, was it, fucking, was it out and back on the, on a service road or whatever, or dirt road? No. When you first took off, we did the, uh, the same as the super and sprint went through that first muddy section. Then, you know, when you hit that road on the uh, OCR course, you made a right. Well, we made a left and it, and went out there, man, we ran out that road. And then it was kind of sandy. It was hard packed, but it was still fast. Probably uh, about two miles or so out. And then we made a right, hard right, went down some power lines, which was kind of hard packed sand. Uh, that's that felt like down forever, didn't it, Brian? That power God lines felt like seven we, miles just on that thing. Yeah. And then you made a right, finally went into the woods, and it was hard pack more or less like a big a wide horse trail or something mm. um then it brought you back to the road where the aid station was the aid station was a mile 1.9 brought you back swung you back into the road then you went back on the road and ended up kicking off into the little side trail uh i would say out of the six miles probably at least three and a half but three was on the hard packed road uh Probably two was on uh, like hard sandy uh, road trail, and then maybe a mile was actually on trail. What I'm thinking, but it was freaking fast. Did you did you yeah, place in that one, Brian? What do you think? Probably a quarter mile of mud. Hell no, I got fourth by about thirty seconds. Pr pretty sure I set my distance record for uh, or my time record for you know actually pacing. Like I think I ran. 638 and came up at like 5.8 miles or something and i ran close but not that fast because didn't dustin run too yeah uh addison coles uh right he's fast too yeah i can't remember what place he won i know he's well he he won nashville both days last year i know that right and uh he won the trail race dustin was running second place actually me him and dustin paced together for about two miles and i we came in at like 6 30 and then like 6 28 and dustin's joking about it being marathon pace and i can't freaking breathe i'm like whatever <laughs> and then uh i was like yeah y'all need to shut up this is my 10k pace you know if i'm lucky and then the guy who lost his shoe in the sprint the morning of uh dorfner's his last name i can't remember his first name but he lined up and uh you know, Dustin and Addison dropped me. So I ran with him for a minute. And then me and him had a good back and forth. Like, I got water. He took a, you know, 10-yard lead. And then 
uh, Dustin started cramping and dropped back to like second place. And I noticed me and him, now you got me, him and Dustin battling for anywhere second, third and fourth. And that guy told uh, Dustin, put his hands above his head. He got lucky, dude. Dustin said that saved his race because he got hit with a side stitch hard. Mm. And, you know, when I seen that, I was like, oh, it's on now. Which, I mean, you know, with Dustin, he's so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be lucky to beat him in a running race. But, yeah, man, that guy, uh, he got watered the second time. And I got in front of him, the uh, Dorfner dude. And I paced him for about a mile. And when he made a move, man, I tried to go with him. But it was just, I was running nine and a half out of 10%. You know, which, I mean, I'm happy I could run that pace after all them races anyway. Right. You know, that's more tempo work than I've done in freaking God past three, four months combined in one weekend. So I was, I was pretty happy with the result. I just couldn't, he slowed down in the mud though, man, at the end, you know, cause we came back through that section of mud before right. we finished. God, man, if I could have just had a hundred more yards, I think I could have got him. Cause I, I closed the gap from like probably 40 seconds to about 15 seconds. But once he took a step out of that mud, we only had what well, Michael, a damn, quarter mile left less than that yeah I, it, I, I you know i wouldn't have been able to make up the time anyway but if we'd had more mud i maybe could have reeled him in right on how did you place michael fucking 11 <laughs> and i ran good too because i was planning on doing uh i told mary before the race I was like, you know what? I typically run when I do trails. My typical race pace on trails is about 10, 15 to 10, 30. I was like, well, it's going to be a little bit flat. So I was like, you know, I think, hey, if I can, and plus running two races, they before, if I do 10, 30, I said, I'll be, be fine. So I told her what I do. I ended up pacing, uh, beat my expected time by, I think, nine, nine minutes. So Dang. I, yeah. And, uh, no, seven minutes, seven, I'm sorry, seven minutes. And then, but I came in, I've averaged like 946, which is a good trail for me, uh, especially after a long weekend. So I felt good, but, uh, yeah, I didn't see anybody, uh, that was around my age near me. And when I finished, she's like, Hey, a lot of older people had finished. I'm like, no, I saw some old bastards take off. <laughs> <laughs> see them the race, but yeah, man, but I pushed the whole time. Cause I think my first. Two miles was like in the nine fifteen nine twenty. I was, I thought I looked down, thought maybe I should kick it back. And I was flat. I'll just keep going. Ain't that many miles? And, uh, and I, I actually got water at the aid station both times too. I still was able to hold that hold that pace. So for me, I was excited about it. So yeah, those days of coming into a trail race thinking you're going to go in there and kick some ass. Those days are just about over because the people that can't obstacle really well have figured out that they can come to these trail races and throw down a good pace and, you know, take home some yeah. hardware for sure. But I think well, there was I mean, over, when I finished, I was ahead. 11th out of 20th just in my age group, but the age group was 50 to 59 too, though. So, oh, it was 10 year age groups. Yes. Yep. I, and I think Sheila was about the, she, you know, she ran, I think in the low tens per mile, which is pretty good for her, you know, cause anything over like six, seven miles, she ain't really too interested normally. And I think she was like 12th out of 20. And I'm like, dude, that's just Florida. I'm like in Florida, everybody's in shape. Even if you're fucking 60, you just run up and down the beach all day long. Y'all are all in shape all the time. You know, <laughs> this. I mean, that's just how it is. I think some of them 60-year-olds, dude, were coming in at like fucking eight-minute miles or something. I was like, damn, that's that's moving, you know? 
man, I need to do a race over here in um, Alabama or Mississippi somewhere, just podunk, where everybody's just <laughs> drinking beer, yeah, right. you know, watching Hell reruns yeah. of Jerry Springer, Mario Provis. I'd smoke their ass, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> Level out the playing field a little bit. Yeah, really. You guys are so well-traveled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're definitely men of culture is what it is. I mean, you know. Yeah, For but sure, I, but I Brian. Think you're right. You're you're not gonna be able to dude, especially like even on the elite side, which I've noticed, man. Have you noticed that there's a trail race in Atlanta? There's a trail race in Fayetteville. I love that because dude, you know, for people who try to run, you know, 60, 70 mile weeks, hell, that helps me out a lot when I can go race a beast, a super, a sprint, and get to throw in. Now I don't know what Atlanta is. I'm assuming it's probably a 10K, but damn, imagine if they would have a half marathon on top of those other three races. I mean, that's a that's a great weekend of racing, and you know, I, I hope, I really, really hope, because I mean, I won't lie, the Florida Trail, I didn't know how many options they had. That was not a trail race. That was, like I said, it was Boston qualifying, damn 10K, essentially. Correct. But in Atlanta, dude, they could really, they could really mess us up and send us through some terrible freaking terrain for six to however many miles. I think that's going to be a great venue for a hard, for a real trail race, not a path, right? A trail race, you know. Michael, did Mary, was she able to sign up with the trail race with her uh, season pass, or did she have to get it out right? No, she had to buy it. Yeah, that's what I yeah, figured. See, yeah, season pass don't have it. Right. Which is completely worth it when you kick everybody's ass, which she does every time. So, Well, she right. got third, so she was happy. But her leg is still trying to recover from that road marathon she did. Uh, so. Right. But she said her legs got real tired. Uh, about mile three or four, and it had been getting real tired around mile one or two, surprisingly. So, uh, I guess we're going to find out this weekend and next weekend how what our legs are. There. Right. So I like, personally, I like the medals this year. They're cool. Um, I, I, I love the fact that they didn't have the regular sprint medals, so they had to give everybody the National Series sprint medal, even if you only ran it on Saturday, because the National Series medal is really sweet um the shirts are cool this year i haven't washed mine yet so i don't know how bad they shrink up when you dry them but uh they're they're really cool because like on the back where it's got the scales of the snake it's kind of feels like a rubber kind of material on it so it feels like a good quality shirt because the shirts from last year weren't great like they shrunk up really bad even the extra larges would just draw up really short Mm -hmm. i didn't Um, dry mine Oh, you just up. you just hung yours yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm not with that stuff on the back. You remember a couple of years ago they had a cheap ass shirt and put it in the dryer like and it stuck together because they yeah. almost use an iron on material. Yeah, I didn't want that, that stuff was to dry. Mm. Yeah, I didn't want that stuff to dry up or because I, I like the scales on the back also. So I'm like, screw it, dude. I'm not wearing it anytime soon, so I just took it out of the wash or hung it up. Right. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. So there was no fit aids at the finish line. I guess the fit aid sponsorship is gone from Spartan. We had water and bananas. Um, and you could go get your free rain energy drink as long as you did the extra mile around Goat Island. There was this little hey, tiny get... pond. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. There was this little tiny pond right there at the finish line. You couldn't even call it a pond. And you had to sandbag carry 
around it and out in this little pond there was an island that had about four or five goats on it it was pretty cool now now answer me this and y'all 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 might agree with me on this i swear you have if you're gonna call it the extra mile which i understand is a figure (laughs) of speech they asked me if i wanted to do the extra mile dude i was pretty beat up I didn't feel like doing another mile. And so I was like, nah, I ain't, you know, I ain't too worried about it, whatever. And I'd done it before, and it, it didn't mean, you know, it, it wasn't that impressive, whatever. Dude, it was a quarter of a mile. Right. Stop doing that. If you're going to be Spartan and you're going to say, oh, it's hard and blah, 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 that extra mile better be 1.00 on my fucking watch. That's all I got to say. It drives me nuts. You can't call it the extra <laughs> mile if it's, if it's a fifth of a mile. Hell, I tell you, you know that's that's not how it works <laughs> it's i i guess it's one of those things like you're going the extra effort you know what i mean you know it's just the, it's the saying part go the extra mile in all your daily activities brian that's what yeah, it is get joe it's to see on this fucking phone call right now and we're changing it to the extra effort i don't want to hear nobody <laughs> else say extra mile freaking that's the line i mean the, the hey, extra I, obstacle the extra mile just sounds cooler just go with it no, it sounds cooler for sure, but it's definitely uh. What is I tell that? you what, Miscom- man, miscommunication. <laughs> In Central Florida, it was. I don't. I don't. I don't think I measured it, but I guarantee you, it, if it wasn't a mile, it was close to it. You started off. You went under a barbed wire, and you went out to this mud puddle that was probably like ankle deep and you went around in circles just constantly it was like a mouse maze and you were like looking for a piece of cheese and then when you come out of it you had to go back almost exactly the same route you came and go underneath the barbed wire again and this was like an 80 80 degree weather after you just ran the beast so i i did it that's pretty cool yeah they caught me on the beast i did it that that day but the next day i was like no no, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you That's do it in uh, Asheville last year at Tryon? When we had the, dude, it was a sandbag. And, you know, it was probably, I think I came in at like, oh, I didn't even turn my watch on. But if I no, had to I guess, dude, it. it was a half mile sandbag carry with like the legit pancake sandbags that we carried during the race. And yeah. dude, it was up and down them damn stadiums. I mean, up and down them bleachers. And it was every bit of half a mile if I had to guess. So I saw people getting good. lost, so I didn't do it. Yeah, well, that and it doesn't matter because it wasn't a fucking mile anyway. I'm going to stick to that. Hey, if you want to come up on short on a super, but damn, y'all can measure a mile. You know, it ain't hard. It's it's the same, Brian. It's it's going the extra effort, but it's the saying of going the extra mile. Yeah. You remember the days when the supers used to be eight to ten miles? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now we barely got fucking six. The longest super me and Michael ever did was the first time we went to Saraland, Alabama. It was a 12-mile super. What? A 12-mile yeah. super. Sure was. Oh, my God. Well, uh, hell, that's longer than the one in Black Mountain that one year, ain't it? The one, uh, what, 2017? Because it was the day before my first race. Wasn't yeah. that one like 10 miles, Brent, wasn't it? I don't know, man. They ran us up that damn mountain with no fucking water I, station. That's where everybody was dropping out. I was okay at that. I mean, it it was definitely getting to me that that climb going up it, but I don't remember feeling like, damn, I need some water. I'm about to die. But granted, we ran first thing in the morning. We weren't the open heats that was going out there when it was about 100 degrees either. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, that and you're probably a little tougher than the average person. It's like, oh, it could be, you know, six, and then it turns out to be ten. It's like, well, that's a lot more than six. 
Man, yeah. that damn hill just kept fucking going and going and yeah. going. You come around the corner, think this is it. Nope. Kept going up. That was the day we stayed. That was the year we stayed in the three little bears room at that house that Jason was had us staying at. Remember? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I remember yep. uh Central Florida, I think I'm pretty sure one of them first years I was racing, I don't know if it was 17, maybe 18. Hell, I'm pretty sure I ran like a 5.8 mile sprint down there. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, that, that, hell, that's a real sprint. 5.8 miles, probably the longest one I've ran, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah, I want to say the first year we had a Central Florida where it was a beast sprint weekend. That was what, 20, yeah, 2017. Right? I didn't do that. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I think I, yeah, I done that No, one. no, no, no. 2018. No. Yes. 2017 was the first year. It was the end of 2017. Cause I remember cause me and Sean Clayton and Darun, we all finished at the same time. And that was the last beast I ran in elite was 2017. I wish, he still, I, I wish both of them guys still raced. It'd be cool to see what, I mean, I like, you know, I know Darun's on his triathlon shit, I think. Sean's doing 100 milers, but I wish they'd come back. I told Bill Heath he needs to come back because I'd like to see, you know, some of them guys that, you know, they was phasing out as I was coming in. You know what I'm saying? It'd be cool to get everybody, at least a couple people back in there, you know, to have like an old school race. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was the one thing that was I hated about when they changed the age group was, is, you know, you had to choose whether you ran with your old friends from elite that didn't move back or if you wanted to move back you know because the first race i ran age group was where i met you and that was charlotte in uh 2018 mm -hmm. yeah because yeah i think my last elite race well my besides ultras because i think killington was my last elite ultra in 2018 but besides ultras, that sprint in Fort Benning was the last elite uh, sprint I made where me and Lance did burpees at the spear two years in a row together. <laughs> Damn, that's cool. I didn't know you yeah. ran elite and killing. I didn't know you used to run elite before you ran. I guess yeah. I just always assume age group, but hell, that was before age group. So, yeah, yeah. that makes me, sense. After tw 26, after 2015, me and Michael, we've done nothing but run elite for, ever since then. Yeah, because that's back, Brian. Elite used to have masters. Masters anything over forty. So there was the so I technically I did elite masters. Now that was like what 15, 16? Because I want to say yep. I remember and seventeen. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it was seventeen too. Yeah, that's right. Because yep. I remember seeing, I I well, you know, I started in Asheville in seventeen on the sprint. So I got the I got the very end of that and got to see some of them guys get their awards. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah, because you could cause double dip forty. Yeah, you could double dip. So if you placed first place in elite and you were 40 years old, you got both. You got first place in oh, masters no and first place in elite, and you got paid for both of them. Damn, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty – that's neat. All yeah. right, quick I mean, side I, tangent. I, I, we, I, never, I but, never had that problem. But. Me neither. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Somebody did, Dude, not me. Yeah. What do y'all think about – they need to bring this back at least – and this – I think this would be relatively simple to bring back. I think before, I can't remember what year it was, but that year they had the 17-mile world championship in Tahoe with two spears. Don't you think it would be cool, at, dude, at least two, three venues throughout the season to have two spears in a venue? Even if they're both, you know, they're obviously going to be both penalty loops. I just think mentally 
that would throw so many people off their game because, you know, I mean, I won't lie with this new sphere, dude. I'm, God, I don't even know if I'm 50 50. I'd like to say I'm 50 50, but probably not. Hey, but I just think it would be cool every time. They already do. It's called the Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i get that but let's do the beast i mean you know a beast with two, two spears yeah it'd be simple to set up and it would just be a neat it'd be a neat way you know because dude we always bitch about obstacle innovation let's face it we ain't getting nothing cool for a long time you know <laughs> we're stuck with what we got for a hot minute so you know to appease most of us they'll just give us another spear i think that'd be fun yeah you know wonder- or make olympus twice as long hell i don't care I would rather I would rather throw an extra spear than do that tonal obstacle that they just added to the stadium races. What is it? So you know those tonal the uh, the exercise like TV screens you hang on your wall that yes. have like the straps that come out from it. So right. the stadiums are getting an obstacle with those tonal TVs, and you kind of you grab it with both. You grab it with both hands and kind of do, it's not a lawnmower motion, but you kind of do a full body pull from one side to the other and you have to do it so many reps. Dude, I've, I've, I've drove about 1500 miles in the past two days and I've, you know, I stay on the phone most of the time. That's probably the dumbest shit I've heard <laughs> in the past two days. <laughs> that sounds absolutely moronic. That don't have nothing to do with racing. That's yeah, they crazy. had like Get out they, of here with that shit. they had some commercial that um this girl was talking about. Hey Spartans, you know here's your new uh, movement. It's going to be at your next stadium race or something like that. I mean, hell, before you know it, next time they'll start in, innovating some damn uh, P90X and integrating some P90X in there. Yeah, and, I, to- I tried that and Tony all, will be there telling die. us how to do <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, him, him and Joe is going to arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, all right, guys, I think we've pretty – oh, did – Hey, I do have something to question. Since we're talking about uh, different obstacles and stuff, who do you think was the person that came up with pipe layer? Like, who was the person that drew this hunk of shit obstacle up on a piece of paper and said, hey, I think we need to go through build this. This is going to be a good obstacle, you know? So I'm here to tell you right now, this obstacle was designed one way with a certain purpose and the, and where it failed was in governing how people went through it because the whole thing's made of pipes, right? Exactly. I think in the original, when they debuted this obstacle, I think the intentional rules were you were only supposed to use the pipes that go sideways. You were not supposed to use any of the cage. You were only supposed to use the pipes in there that were like the monkey bar diameter size pipes. Oh, you mean the ones that are literally sitting horizontal? Right. The ones that you put your feet on. Those were, I think that, obstacle was designed to where that was the only pipes you were supposed to touch and then they realized this is impossible to enforce so we're just going to let them grab anything well hell that one time ryan atkins failed it i'm just saying right remember that (laughs) no i'm just kidding i can't Uh, say anything i failed helix twice so dude that is a yeah i mean damn was there a helix there this week what happened to that where's that at i think they've they've gotten rid of that obstacle just completely like it's gone I hadn't seen it in a while, man. 
damn, it was super innovative and really hard. I'm surprised they got rid of that. It's, 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 a, it's a safety thing, I think. So. Well, my hand slipped off. I tried to readjust my hand leaning into it in Charlotte, and it was super muddy. And my hand slipped off of it, and I fell. And then in Fayetteville, I w- you know, my ankle was all jacked up, and I kind of like stepped on it wrong and just barely touched the top. And I was like, well, that's a fail. So, you know. Well, there is. I I had one time I was, I don't know what race it was. It may have been Asheville. You know, I was running elite and the volunteer was like, hey, that lane's hard. You know, well, I'm like, well, I've already touched it now. She's telling me this as I'm putting my foot on it, you know. And, dude, I don't know what the fuck was different about that lane. But I tell you what, it took me an extra 15 seconds to get through it because one of the, I guess it was like one of the plexiglass things or leaning weird or something. I mean, one of them lanes was a little, little funky, but. Well, there was one race where they put one of the panels upside down. I so remember the glass that. was down low. Oh, yeah. that's that's what it was. That's exactly what yeah. it was because yeah. I had nowhere to put my feet. Like I literally had my knees on the glass and my freaking hands were holding on to the damn, you know, thing up top scooting across. I was like, hell, that, that made it a little weird. Right. So did either one of y'all uh, buy your pictures for this race? Hell no. No, I didn't no. either. Did y'all look at them though? No, I don't even know where you look at them. Dude. So you, you log into, you can either go to Sportograph and look at, because Sportograph has a list of all the different races where they've been working at, and you can click on it there and you can uh, submit a selfie and they will find all your photos and they're pretty good at it too. Or you can go to your account in, on the Spartan page and submit a photo and you can get some that way as well. Um, and it takes a minute for him to find it all. And it's pretty damn good on how it found them all. But here's the thing. Here's what I don't like about this. I mean, the pictures are great. They they put some kind of filter on it. It looks like the quality is a little better. The pictures are good. But you're still getting those pictures where you're not looking or all of you are not in frame. It, it looks like they've got it on a quick shot where they get like 10 pictures of you like approaching and leaving the obstacle. So you're getting all of that now. Um, and those cameras are set up on the ground, correct? Because I've seen a couple that yes. were set up on the ground. There's, okay, that's what I thought. There's some freestanding cameras out there that just, I guess they're motion activated. And when you run by it, they take pictures of you too. I mean, there uh, was, and there was some good pictures, you know, and the cool thing was, is like if I'd have paid for Saturday's pictures, or the super, I think I would have got all the pictures from the sprint and the super because I run both races on one day. So you only pay one. I had 82 pictures. Um, but out of all of them, I probably liked probably 10 or 15 of them. But the quality was better. I mean, and they, they did look better. I mean, I've done so many races, I didn't see enough in there that I liked to buy them. But I totally would get why I think it's a good thing. Like people can buy their pictures and the first timers will definitely buy their pictures and it's worth it. A lot of marathons charge like 20 bucks for one picture. So I get it, you know, but here's what I don't like, you know, because when I interview people, I'll look through races for their finish line pictures or whatever. You can't go in there and look at other people's pictures unless I guess you could go to their Facebook and jack one of their, you know, but still you would have, you would, you could see that picture then, but you couldn't 
buy it. You see what I'm saying? Or you could buy a single, I guess. But well, you can't see all the pictures. Like, let's say I wanted to see, like, let's say I wanted to go in there and see your finished picture and see how you come through the finish line. I can't do that. Whereas you could do that on the other one. And I wish they would at least open it up to where you could see all the pictures in case you wanted to manually search for some pictures you know were taken, but were left out because the face recognition didn't pick it up. So, Scott, I'm assuming oh, you, you did pay for pictures. No, I did not, but I've already I've looked at them. Oh, I didn't know. So if you wanted so did, to go in and buy Leanne's, say you and Leanne did a race, you wouldn't go and buy Leanne's. You couldn't do that to surprise her. Then. You could. You would. You would have to. You would, you, would to you would have to steal a selfie from her and then upload it. And you can. Oh, gotcha. and you can do that. I believe on Sportograph, but. On the Spartan page, I don't think it would let you upload a photo. You had to take that photo right there, and I may be wrong. Yeah. But, yeah, it will let you go and look at all your photos, Brian. But it, Now, now, are you looking at all your photos on Spartan, you're you can, saying, or did you look at all your photos on Sparta, or Sportograph? You can do it either way. Oh, I didn't know that because I clicked right. on Sportograph, and I seen the different folders, you know, which right. I clicked on. And I, the only thing I got access to, which hey, I was freaking half asleep when I was doing it, was the, what was that, race highlights or whatever their yeah, yeah, yeah. album is called. Now, I had some good ones in there. And they give you those photos. Actually... Like, oh, yeah. And, and like the, they have like premiere photos where it shows like pictures of the obstacles or early in the morning, the finish line, the fire, like. Kind of like the old race highlights one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you. They will let you have that folder, I believe, with your pictures too. Like if you just want to show more of the race and the venue. But yeah, you can go in there. You can buy them from Sportograph or you can buy them from Spartan either either way. Oh, see, I need to I need to go in there and see what I got to do to type them in because I didn't you, even know I could view the rest of them. I was like, oh, I just seen those race you, highlights. And I was you like, probably, oh, cool. you probably looked at it before they had the folders up. Yeah, because there was like yeah. there was like a certain tab you had to click on before it would show like all the events they did because they did like some other race over the weekend too but they've got like an individual folder one's for the sprint and one's for the super but now i know the super photos are up because you should be able to go to your photo album on the spartan account submit a selfie and it'll show all your photos well, I, I like the fact that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, I don't know if I'd pay for that, but like I never get to run a race, you know, in that, that singlet I was wearing the other day, the Salty Breaches one. I don't right. race OCRs in that. I don't wear a shirt unless it's freezing cold, you know. So it'd be cool to, you know, have an actual race picture where I'm wearing a shirt, you know, without a freaking pack when I'm running ultra or whatever in the way. But right. I, I, it's nice that you at least get to see them before you buy them. But hell, if you get to see them before you buy them, can't you screenshot them or are they watermarked? I'm They're assuming. watermarked. I mean, it's got a big okay. X going across it, too. That makes sense. Okay. But yeah, I didn't see none of those. There's supposed to be a way how, like, if you're Spartan Plus, I think you get, like, four free pictures a year. So, I don't – I didn't oh, investigate that. So, if you wanted to try to figure out how to do that, maybe you could. And they might not even have those permissions set up yet. I don't know. Dude, uh, quick side tangent. There was a guy – he was now. I don't know if y'all know him. Uh, I'm assuming I can say his name on here. Joe Martello Photography. 
he was i'm pretty sure he was running around on the gators saturday just taking random pictures so this is what i wanted to ask y'all is this is spartan and sportograph the only people out there or are there people who seen a little spot of this market and they're like hey i can take pictures and you know possibly make some money off this because dude this guy he raced sunday you know and i didn't recognize him from the gator i can barely breathe when i'm running <laughs> so right. you know and he was he crossed the finish line i was like hey man you know shoot me your email i got some cool pictures of you yesterday and i didn't realize that was the same dude man he sent me you know a good bit of like some quality like high quality pictures that were like just snapped throughout the super you know i'm like damn yeah, obviously, I gotta give this guy a tip or something for sure. I mean, I'm but sure you. Know, I'm sure you can do that as, and, until like, I mean, if you're like going out there and being like, "Hey, I'm t I took some pictures of him. You, want, I'm going to charge you for him." Like that would probably be frowned upon. But if somebody's just out there taking pictures and just giving them out, I don't see a problem with that. Shell does that, and you know, you know, Jack well, Gorris was out there from OCR Report taking pictures on a Sunday as well for the national series. So. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm into. Which, I mean, I'm asking y'all, but I, I'm not, I, yeah, I was going to ask him, too, because I didn't get a chance to talk to him too much, you know, because we was both, you know, just right. raced or whatever. But I was kind of curious on y'all noticed just random people out there taking pictures because I thought it was cool that he was like, oh, man, I would have had more, but I was racing today. And I was like, damn, that's cool. Come out here, photographer, one day. Then, you know, show up, kick ass Sunday. Then go right back to doing what you was doing. That's a pretty good way to do it. Andy said he's going to be in Atlanta racing, too. So, yeah, there was a pretty, th pretty there was There were several photographers out there, and I was like, and I realize now after the fact, after seeing the pictures, okay, that was one of those, those sportograph photographers because they weren't out there wearing, or the ones I remember seeing, I don't remember them wearing a staff shirt. It just looked like they were out there with a camera taking pictures. So sport, well, I'm guessing sportograph is a company Spartan has hired to take these pictures and then we get charged for them. Correct. Huh. Well, I, I mean, uh, at least it's a company versus, I mean, I like the idea of hiring small time photographers and, you know, getting their dues also, but you know, Spartan wasn't paying them anyway. Not I'm worth the shit. So. I'm sure Spartan's <laughs> getting, I'm sure Spartan's getting some money out of that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I mean, the, the photos are good. They're better quality. There's more of them for sure. But I just feel like, you know, they're missing a lot of free advertising because the people that get free photos, you know, they're going to post them all over Facebook. Whereas, you know, somebody that races 10 races a year, they're probably not going to buy the photos from every single race unless it's like maybe their first year in it. I mean, right. I might, I mean, if I get some good pictures at one race, sure. Yeah. I'll, I might buy a pack, but I doubt I'm going to buy, I mean, I'm not going to buy them at every single race. No, I'll probably buy them at one race. <laughs> yeah. Maybe all year long like an ultra or something like that you know yeah somewhere or, we do you know 30 miles and get 500 pictures out of it to make it worth our money yeah i mean like you paced you placed first place in the super like if you had some really good pictures from that i'd totally buy that if i placed first place dude uh i i, I thought about it for a second but like i said honestly i went to the race highlights and dude i got a good picture of me coming across the fire and i think i got and they got a good picture of me carrying a bucket i'm pretty sure and i was like yep that'll work <laughs> you know, that's all I needed. So I was, you know, I'm being I mean, cheap on that, but 30 bucks is chump change to you anyway, Brian. Sound about all that. It is to Michael. I know that. But no, we ain't not. all got $40 million <laughs> Star Wars collections either. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
dude, I told, I told my, you know, I told my son, Brian, I was like, uh, I was like, see, Michael, I was like, yeah, his Star Wars costs more than our whole house. He didn't believe me. I was like, no. I was like, buddy, I promise. I was like, it's more than our house. I was like, that's retirement right there. I was like, he's got it. He's got it figured out. That's my 401k. I got it. I got it insured. Don't worry. (laughs) I had to hear about them Dagum Legos. He's like, you see all his Legos? I was like, yeah. I was was like, yeah, buddy. I was like, those are expensive Legos, and we, we don't buy those every day. Now yeah. every time he's freaking, oh God! Every time we go to Walmart, a Lego says he's like, it's only four hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, I know. I never it's got the name right brand Legos when I was a kid. <laughs> hey, I got a stick and a ball. I ain't got no Legos. <laughs> Damn, Legos are high dollars. Well, That's, this, you know, good wheel, baby. Ball in a cup. Up, yeah, we grew up poor, so they having I didn't have a good Star Wars place. So now he's I, got I a good one. Poor. Yeah, I went poor. My mama was. She just drug races with her. <laughs> So, all right, guys. So, what races we got coming up next? I'm not doing anything until Conyers. Mount uh, uh-huh. Zion Zion Half Marathon this weekend, and Lope Canyon 50 Miler following weekend. Jeez. Then, then Wait, Conyers. You got what do you say? All right, so Zion Half Marathon. Oh, and then that's right, Antelope Canyon's 50 Miler. Yeah, yeah. So this Damn, I think the uh, Zion is mainly a road, but Zion, so who cares, you know? Right. I was about uh, to say, dude, I don't think it matters. I think every everything on that course yeah. is pretty, probably. Yeah, oh, we're, cool. we're flying in on to Vegas on Thursday morning and driving over to Zion on Friday. I think we're going to try to do probably five, six, ten, eight, ten miles, something like that, like in the Narrows on Friday, then do the uh, – half marathon on saturday but we're out in zion for like six days and then we're gonna drive over to page arizona get a couple of days of hiking and running in before we do the 50 miler yeah i'm so. jealous as fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I, that sounds badass yeah i'm gonna be at work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i'll probably be yeah. in like hazard kentucky somewhere michael's gonna be damn running through the most beautiful landscape america has to offer but whatever that's how yeah. the world works <laughs> it's a uh it's our belated honeymoon so right oh okay yeah that makes sense sweet yeah, all i got conyers and then georgia death race after that so georgia death race is the weekend after conyers right i think there's a what is Conyers does? Was that the second weekend Six, in March? Sixteenth. Sixteenth. No, then it's uh two weeks after. So oh. this year I'll actually get a little, a little reprieve in there instead of the seven day turnaround. You know that means I'll definitely race the whole weekend again in you Conyers. Think, you think you can win Death Race this year, Brian? Yes. Well, no. I'll put it this way. I think. Uh, what were you seventh eight, last year? Uh, sixth overall. Um. But I did look at the time, and I and I couldn't remember what that kid ran. And I was just basing my tr- training on what I think I can run, you know, based on the fitness from the past year. I think I can go an hour and a half faster, which would put me about 14.55, uh, 14 hours, 55 minutes. And the kid last year ran in 15.04. But the only thing with that is, could I run that time? I'm pretty positive. But, you know, in ultras, dude, you never know. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys – jumped in a couple a few races this year that have just blown course records out of the water right. and I, I mean you're not going to blow the george death race course record out of the water not not now anyway but right. there's a you know it, it just goes to show somebody can show up and run 13 hours but hopefully you know if nobody shows up running 
you know, sub fifteen. I think I can. I think I can handle sub fifteen. Right, dude. You need to the, get your ass into them Barclays. Don't That's nobody want to get lost in the woods? Get my ass in what? Barclay marathons. Man, Brian would get lost as Michael, hell. I can at barely Barclays. find my way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I ever done it, like I'm definitely going to do the Fall Classic one day. Like I'm 100% Barkley Fall Classic is on my list. But you know, I'd have to, I'd have to legit take a class on how to read a map. You know, I punch in this GPS, I just drive. I don't need to. That's right. That's me. I don't need. I, I mean, I can get lost on trails that are marked. I don't need to have to wander myself through the woods with a compass. I ain't doing it. Nope. Not to mention, hell, yeah, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of that damn race is off trail, which I think that part is actually really cool. But damn, I'd be, I'd be off the damn trail even if it was there anyway. So I don't think it matter. All right, cool. Well, all right, guys, we almost got like two hours going here, so uh, we're gonna sign off, and maybe we'll get back together and talk about after maybe maybe when Michael gets back from his races, or we'll just talk about Conyers after Conyers happens. That sound good? Yeah. Oh yeah. Conyers right. gonna be nice, cold and shitty like normal. Looking forward to it. No, it's not, man. It's gonna be nice weather. There's not gonna be a crap load of rain the weekend, the week before leading up to it. So that shit, bad. <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. I'm gonna say 25 degrees. Dunk wall is gonna be open. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, this is something that I'm thinking about doing in the future when me and Brian and Michael all go to the same race. We kind of just sit down and talk about it after the race and just go through it. Just something to, you know, add more content. You know, I always like listening to other people's point of views about how a race went, especially if it was a race that I was at. So this is probably something we we might continue to do in the future. Um, I want to thank everybody that, uh, I saw at the race this past weekend that came up to me and said they listened to the podcast. It means a lot. It was great to see everybody again. I mean, I, I saw all these people in December, but still, it seems like a long time ago. It was great to see more hearts and scars, line hearts, fitness. Um, it was good to see uh bear at the start line. He was setting it off all day and I got to run fun lap with Gary Bellinger from Spartan. And, uh, we had a good time out there. It was just a good weekend. I, I hate I couldn't do the Sunday race, but I had a great time on Saturday. I'm looking forward to Conyers. If you see me at Conyers, come and say what's up. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you at next race. Peace. Mm-hmm.